Yeah, I suppose we should do it. Every time I hear this band, <laughs> I'm like, All I need time. let's just oh. listen to this band. Yes, let's listen for a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. greatest down-tempo albums of all time. It's oh. just, it's so good. And the whole record is that good right there. And they would go on to put out some pretty great electronic records, but none, in my opinion, ever recap. And I'm not one of those, I really like the early stuff. Uh, I'm not one of those guys normally, but in the case of Air, if you don't have Moon Safari in your collection, as soon as you're done listening to episode 92 of The Brian Oak Show, I insist that you go and find that record, especially during these uncharted and trying times. We could all use a little more of that that lets your shoulders relax and lets you kind of drift away. And it's just, it's gorgeous all the way through. Headphones, walking around, whatever it is you want to do. I highly recommend Air. Hi, my name is Brian Oak. It is The Brian Oak Show recording right now in the Smart Start MN studio in beautiful and historic South Minneapolis. We are right near 48th and Chicago in Minneapolis and very proud to be here. Over the course of the show, we have been focusing primarily on Minnesota music. You know, we've also had authors by, entrepreneurs by, politicians in, sure. uh, rabbis. Uh, we've yeah. had a lot of different people come by, but it's really focused around this amazing place that we live in the many facets that sort of come to define Minnesota, specifically Minneapolis, St. Paul, the metro area. Area, and culture is a big part of that. So we really focus on a lot of Minnesota culture here. And the culture has gotten weird and unpredictable in the last, what, seven, eight months? How long have we been in lockdown now? Has it been forever? Uh, three and a half years. Have we, have we like, always yeah. been here? Have yeah. we always that been here? That seems about right. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. How are you today, Sean? I'm doing okay, man. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Very Just good. okay. Okay. Well, that, you know, it. Uh, I keep seeing, I used to think all these little like platitudes and successories and little <laughs> hang in there, baby, Friday's coming type things were so irritating. Yeah. But now we live in this time where, you know, seeing somebody post on Facebook, it's okay to not be okay. And I'm like, I know, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I'm not making fun of anybody who's going through difficulties, be they personal or financial or spiritual or mental or whatever, because it really, it's, it's hard. And I think it's, oh, and then you throw in all the other things that life would normally throw at you, even under the best case scenario, it is a hard time right now. So I'm very excited about today's guest because coming up in just a bit, we are going to be talking to Minnesota musician Mary Bue. Now, Mary, for most of her career, was associated with the Duluth music scene, obviously well-known here. She would play here all the time as well. But a while back, moved down to the Twin Cities, and she's going to be part of the Me Too Minneapolis live stream coming up in a week over at the Hook and Ladder. 
Matter Theater. This is going to be happening on Thursday, September 24th, and it's for Me Too Minneapolis, which is this incredible collective of singer-songwriters. 17 all told are contributing to this event and to the accompanying album you can get a digital download of. We'll talk about the details about how you can watch the stream, how you can celebrate the work that they do, how you can get these 17 original tracks you're not going to be able to get anywhere else, and it's all to raise awareness for Me Too Minneapolis, but also to raise money for Planned Parenthood. I know that Sean and I, despite our upbringings as good Irish Catholic boys, <laughs> are both very much proponents of reproductive health, reproductive yes. rights, yes. reproductive education, just mm-hmm. having the tools you need. Planned Parenthood is, when we talk about the importance of our community, a vital, vital part, because Still, somehow, in the year 2020, so many people want to stick their head in the sand when it comes to basic reproductive understanding. Whether or not you want to use the giant A word, you know, that that's an, that's an end result. And I don't want anybody to approach that situation lightly. Reproductive health and reproductive education mm-hmm. are as much of what they do as anything at Planned Parenthood, and maybe even more. So the fact that the, the, the proceeds from this are benefiting Planned Parenthood, I think, only makes our community better educated and stronger. And it's just... It's time, man. There's so much of this stuff that it feels like we've all been yelling our whole lives, and it's just time for us to do better. So I'm very happy that last week we had our, our most recent episode, 91, we had Maida on. Yes. We've got uh, Mary Bew coming in to join us here shortly, and she's got a new album. City Pages voted her the very best of 2020. She also is, so in addition to her uh, so mu- musical balm that she provides, she's also strongly rooted in spirituality. She's a yogi and apparently she's going to help us align our chakras today, Sean. She's a freaking ray of sunshine is what she is. She absolutely is. So that's enough of us talking. We'll get to her here momentarily, but I do want to mention one story that I saw in the last couple of days. When we talk about how weird the world is, of course there's got to be a presidential election going on at the same time just to add a little extra dynamite to the stew. And it's, it's... what some are calling the most important election of our lifetime. Now, there are people who think, well, that's hyperbole. They're all important, blah, blah, blah. Take a look around outside. Look at where things are right now. (laughs) This is important. And as we've discussed before, there's no way you can be on the fence on this one. Like if someone's like, you know, I'm really going to wait and watch the debates. I'm undecided. I'm not really sure which way I'm going to vote in this one. The differences are so stark (laughs) in your two choices that it's it's alarming. And it was highlighted to me, uh, the magazine Scientific American has been in publication for one 175 years. Wow. This is not a flash in the pan. This is not some website that's got three people working on it. Scientific American is one of the most respected scientific journals in American publishing and science history. Now, as such, they've always removed themselves from a lot of the social and political fray that's been out there. And in 175 years, they have never endorsed a presidential candidate in an election until now. They tweeted just the other day, Scientific American has never endorsed a presidential candidate in our 175-year history until now. The 2020 election is literally a matter of life and death. We urge you to vote for health, science, and Joe Biden for president. In their very next tweet, they wrote, The evidence and the science show that Donald Trump has badly damaged the U.S. and its people because he rejects evidence and science. Mm-hmm. The most devastating example is in his willfully ignorant response to the COVID-19 pandemic, which cost more than 190,000 American li- Americans their lives and is expected to cost many, many more. Now, remember, it's easy for people to be like, I'm for this guy. I'm for that guy. I'm for this person. I'm for that person. This is a journal that for nearly two centuries has never picked sides. They feel so compelled. They find us in such a dire circumstance that they 
have had to throw their hat into the ring. And of course, if you read the comments, because the internet is a fucking cesspool, uh, they're like, well, that's it. Say goodbye to my uh, subscription, to which people are like, okay, so a hard science individual is <laughs> saying that this is not, this is inappropriate. People need to get over themselves, man. There is so much at stake in this election. And for me, science was always my second love. If I wasn't going to be a goofball radio clown, yeah. I was going to be a middle school science teacher. If it wasn't for all that damn math. There's so much math. There's so <laughs> and I could do it, but I didn't want to do it. I wanted to, actually, I actually wanted to be an astronomer. Um, but I, when I found out that you spent less than one percent of your time behind the mic, the, 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 the telescope, and about ninety nine percent of your time doing math that's so hard <laughs> you couldn't remember the name of it if you had to. Yeah. I just, I'm like, I can't do it. It's not my thing. But I still am amazed to think of the nature of the universe. I'm still amazed every time I look up at the stars. I'm still amazed when I'm out in nature. And nobody impressed that upon me more as a young man than Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan and like his protege, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I've gone to see do speaking arrangements probably a half dozen times, They their gift is bringing almost incomprehensible natures of cosmology and science and translating it to the layman in a way where you can kind of begin to get your head around just how amazing this place that we live in is. And this song, I, first, I heard it for the first time probably 10 years ago. I forget exactly who put it together, but they took the voices of Carl Sagan and Stephen Hawking and combine them into another beautiful down-tempo song that go ahead and take a deep breath and listen to the words and let these next three minutes seep into you and we'll talk to Mary Bue just ahead right here on The Brian Oak Show. I'm not very good at uh, singing songs, but uh, here's, here's a try. Stars. 
thousands of years, people have wondered about the universe. Did it stretch out forever, or was there a limit? From the Big Bang to black holes, from dark matter to a possible big crunch, our image of the universe today is full of strange sounding ideas. How lucky we are to live in this time, the first moment in human history when we are, in fact, visiting other worlds. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise, a morning filled with 400 billion suns, the rising of the Milky Way. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise, a morning filled with 400 billion suns, the rising of the Milky Way. Carl Sagan, Stephen Hawking in there as well. A glorious dawn, a look at science. The irrefutable nature of it. Science does not give a shit whether or not you believe in it. <laughs> it exists. And um, Ricky Gervais had the, one of the great things to say about it because he's probably one of the most famous atheists in the world. And he said, if we got rid of all known literature, religious and science today, yeah. gone, completely gone, 10,000 years from now, the science literature would return because they are basic reprovable facts. The literature of our spirituality, the literature of religion would modify because these are things based on faith and the times that people live in. And so it would not be identical. I mean, look at how faith and religion has changed over the course of the last four or five thousand years. You know, monotheistic, multiple deities, everything. And so it's um, it's science is going to always be my default. I got nothing against personal faith or spirituality. But when it comes to, hmm, is COVID deadly? Are there proven scientific? means to mitigate its impact and to help us all live better lives? Absolutely. Do we forego our spiritual well-being in the sake of science? Absolutely not. But to find a way where they can both coexist, to me, that's the ultimate goal. It is the Brian Oak Show. It's made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. And you're like, Brian, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I, I don't know. What what's an ignition interlock? Is well, that by the transmission? Yeah, well, it can be. Uh, it's right there in in the, in the main area of your car uh, because if you should have a DUI, uh, DWI, whatever you want to call it, and you need to get back to your regular life after this mistake has happened, they can help it and make it happen sooner. It's essentially a breathalyzer in your car that if you blow clean, you get to start driving again. And you need to drive. Even in these times where a lot of us are spending time at home, you still have to go out and get things. You still have to get places. Kids are back in school. You know, at some point, life will resume some sense of normalcy and you need to be Will able it, to though? I don't know man I'm trying to stay positive I'm trying to, even in the face of a DUI uh, Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company and these guys can help get you back on the road so. they can just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock and get back to your regular life. Yeah, I guess that's a silly term now because there's no <laughs> such thing anymore. Also want to thank Busters on 28th because in the absence of a regular life, you can still have a killer Cubano or, man, those cheese curds. Mm, 
Mm, Buster's on 28th is an amazing restaurant. It's in my neck of the woods, just a few blocks from my home, and they have been a sponsor despite the pandemic, and they've stayed with us here on The Brian Oak Show. They've got really good food. They're amazing people. Their beer and wine selection is unparalleled in that neck of the woods in southeast Minneapolis, uh, and they do support The Brian Oak Show, so we're urging you to order online and go pick up your food, call them, do some curbside pickup, or if you want to sit on their patio or even go inside, all those options are available to you right now. It's Buster's on 28th. Eighth.com. All right, enough of my yap, and let's go ahead and get to today's guest because, as you said, she's a ray of sunshine. And normally, <laughs> that kind of description, I'd be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in this particular case, it happens to be true. I want to share with you something she wrote on Facebook today because I feel it sums up our times, it sums up where we're all at, but it also sums up her attitude and her outlook on life. She wrote, Right now, I'd be just a few weeks away from running my fourth marathon. What a year to be a Mizuno running artist ambassador. Can't run any races. Right now, I'd be touring on the heels of my brand new album, East, South, West, North. What a year to be the best songwriter of 2020 in City Pages, which she is. Can't play regular shows. Both those things feel boasty to share in this time, and they are. Right now, instead, I grieve for the planet and all beings. I send my prayers and my love to our forests and humans and all living creatures, land, air, and sea, taking this Virgo new moon to trust raw instinct and then refine, plumb my reasons for all I do, run and sing for the healing and joy. I don't have the answers, but I'm sure as hell searching for them. It starts with each of us. We can create a better world. Love to you all. She should be the host of this podcast (laughs) and not me, because she knows how to say things that make me feel better. Mary Bue, how are you? Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's wonderful to have you. It's so great to be here. Thank you. The first time I met you, I think, or at least the last time I saw you, was at the Turf Club in St. Paul, and we talked after you played, and we went over to your merch table, and I said, I'm more than happy to pay, because to me, that's always one of the things. I lived a lifestyle where I got into all the gigs for free, and so the least I could do was support an artist by buying a t-shirt or whatever. I did buy a t-shirt, but you insisted that I take two coffee mugs, which still are in regular rotation in the coffee mug rotation in the kitchen. Yay, that makes me so happy. <laughs> one yellow, one blue. Yes. And so I've seen you perform live and... Here's the thing I like about you is you mean it. You know, whether we're talking about your running or your work with yoga or, you know, as we're here today talking about your latest album, The World is Your Lover and touring and the fact that City Pages did call you the best songwriter of 2020. Um, you're, it's all it's all positive. I believe every I believe you every time you open up your mouth. And I don't think that's a simple thing to do in this day and age. Wow. Thank you so much. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I mean, at some point, and maybe this is always who you were, but at some point you became, I don't know. I mean, when does it happen? Obviously, you always loved music, I'm sure. But did, did getting into yoga to the point that you have, because you teach, you travel around the world, you, this is as big a part of you as your music. Is that a fair statement, first of all? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, at some point, that begins to affect how you interact with every single aspect of the world around you, your people, but it's got to impact the music you write as well, doesn't it? 100%. Yes. And how so? Because it doesn't mean that like every song is about aligning your chakras, but, <laughs> but you know, the, the awareness and the spiritual gratification you receive from, you know, going as deep into yoga as you do, that's got to influence who you are as a songwriter and a person. Absolutely. Yeah, I just spent, I was in India in January and I studied um, a month long certification in Nada yoga, which is an aspect of yoga, um, the yoga of sound. Oh. Yes. And so it's looking at sound vibration and, you know, how 
that can how the flow of sound can be a transformative practice. So, I mean, so many of your listeners must go to music Mm -hmm. for healing, Uh for comfort, for just getting energy, for getting outrage, you know, spirituality. Yeah. So we know that we need music like on a deep level and it's so helpful to us. So this is like looking at like feeling the vibration in our being and how that's like can be a transformative power. <laughs> when you talk about sound yoga, I mean, so are you, uh, is the sound generated outside of you? Or are you talking about chanting or humming or bells or? All of it. Really? All of it. Yep. Um, from, you know, m- the music we hear to the sounds of nature to our own unique sound vibration, which is found like in deep meditative states. I can't claim that I found that, <laughs> but I try. It's the journey, though, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, you absolutely. keep searching for it. And even I think science is the same way. When we're talking about science, science didn't all of a sudden go, oh, I tested this. I have the final answer. It's approximating. It's getting closer. Mm-hmm. It's learning. And it's about it's about the process and the journey. Yes. Yep. Direct experience. Mm-hmm. So you went to, I mean, so being, deciding I'm going to get into yoga and going to India to get certified, <laughs> there's, a, there's a relatively large step there that most people don't take. What was the thing, I mean, at, at what point do you find, do you come to yoga and then at what point, you know, do you decide, nope, this is going to be a huge part of who I am for the remainder of my days? Well, I discovered yoga when I was, I think, 14. It was in like a 17 magazine article. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is pretty cool. I, um... I started, you know, dabbling in some classes and then I got certified 11 years ago and I've just continued taking like continuing education and different programs. Um, it really, you know, it really helped because I was so driven to be a musician and with that is the ego and the disappointments and the hope and expectation and just like the grasping and wanting mm-hmm. and, you know, things just not working out as you hope, as I hope. And so yoga helps to temper that sort of disappointment and attachment to the goal, you know, this like lofty fame hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I actually took, I've taken numerous breaks and focused more on the yoga to just sort of like peck at that and just r- know that I'm always going to make music and I don't need to attach to it. Like I, I try to surrender, like I, I try to get the... Um, you know, the essence of the song and the meaning and the feeling and the expression. And then then it's out and I sur- I try and I'm trying to surrender it and whatever happens. And so by surrendering yourself, <laughs> surrendering yourself to the possibilities uh, and not necessarily going into this is the record that's going to put me on the map. This yeah. is where I get to tour the world. Let it happen. And but I mean, let the expression come out and all that's done for you is giving you the vote as the best songwriter of 2020. <laughs> lovely, no and the most critically acclaimed <laughs> album of your career before we talk about where you're at right now um so did you grow up in Duluth I actually grew up in Princeton oh you did okay yeah. ah yeah yep. and, so, and, and so when you go from Princeton you're like I'm gonna go I'm gonna get into music why <laughs> Duluth instead of the Twin Cities you know it, I wanted to come to the Twin Cities okay but I uh <laughs> I was really into raving so you know I was sort of a delinquent yep so like what you were talking <laughs> about because I have friends who were both rave DJs and we would set up a gorilla setup in an old foundry and suddenly there'd be yes. 300 people there and um, I was probably there. <laughs> there were, like glow sticks and 
drugs oh, yeah. and all the, the whole bit. I, yeah. I was I was always there running security or, <laughs> or running the lights. He's doing totally. air quotes I right a, now. I was, just... a little too, I was a little too old to be a rave kid, but I I did enjoy I love that kind of music. Oh, yeah. But in the chill out room, maybe uh, maybe not entirely sober. That was, uh, that, I, that was kind of my jam. I love that. Fun. So there was a good rave scene in Duluth? Um, no. Well, here's the, here's the story is I... I was partying in the cities, you know, on, right. on the sly a lot. And um, and then I had an opportunity. I was doing post-secondary. So starting, I started college my junior year of high school. And then I, I could move away and take full-time college classes as a senior. But my parents, even though the cities were closer, they mm. allowed me to go to Duluth right. because they had, like, very close family friends and it felt safer where the city was, like, let her out in the city. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> so bless them because Duluth was, um, you know, it's such a hard place for me and like heart, not hard, but right. it was hard too. <laughs> well, yeah, Love I Duluth. Think the thing, uh, Duluth is not only an incredible city, but I think that something that I come, I came to learn, I don't know, in the last five to 10 years is for all of us snooty types here in Minneapolis with an outrageously amazing music scene all around the Metro. You might think of Duluth as an also ran or as a quaint little town up North and Duluth's music scene is very vibrant. Oh. I and mean, it's a very tight knit community. Yes. But I mean, it's really vibrant. And I think probably the biggest name to come out of Duluth in recent memory would obviously be the band Low. Yes. But the number of Duluth based artists, yourself included, to gain some attention, it's really, I mean, there's a great community there. Oh, yes. Huge. I uh, I love on your website, if people go to, by the way, Bue is spelled B-U-E, for those who don't know. <laughs> if you go to your website, not only is that banner, look at that. I know. It's okay to be proud of this kind of stuff. I know, <laughs> that, I know that our world is on fire right now, <laughs> it, both literally and figuratively. But I mean, you should be proud. The best singer, songwriter, the best songwriter of 2020, according to City Pages. Does it feel good? Feels really good. Good. I'm so honored, yes. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> but it's also not surprising, in my opinion. City Pages have written some great things about you. Um, but there's also a quote right here from Alan Sparhawk. Now, I like Lowe a lot, but he has a couple other side projects, Retribution Gospel mm. Choir and by far my favorite, Black Eyed Snakes. Oh. Uh, they, by the way, who in a couple weeks have a streaming show coming up and we'll talk about yours in a bit. But here's what Alan Sparhawk had to say about Mary Butte. Every scene has its a bright, fleeting highlights, its fickle wave of each generation and its longtime anchors. But through the scene I've known and loved in Duluth, Minnesota, Mary Bew has been the thread that runs so effortlessly through its heart, hands, and soul. She arrived boldly and prolific. I've heard her piano climbing out of the window and cascading down the central hillside neighborhood in the summer, and the howl of her guitar muffled in the basement in winter. Her new recording is a triumph not only as a reflection and victory over adversity, but as architecture for healing and change. I don't let myself be lifted by just anyone, but I can trust Mary. She means it. Alan's about as cool as it gets. And I mean, you you and Al must be friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm crying every time. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. Every time I hear that, I just cry whenever I read that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So actually, um, I'm divorced, but the Black Eyed Snakes played at my wedding. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I mean, that's like a, that's an edge wedding right there. Uh, yeah. That's the, hardcore. It was the best party. It was so much fun. Uh-huh. It was wow. so much fun. I was at Lutzen in the old in the old uh, resort in mm. Lutzen down by the lake. Yeah. I know Lutzen. I've been to Lutzen many, many mm -hmm. times. Um, wow. And so what happens that you leave Duluth and come to the cities? Oh, um, well, I had the opportunity to open a yoga studio mm -hmm. and it just sort of fell into my lap. I I had only initially wanted to teach once a month down in the cities and right. I taught at this little space. And then the owner right after I taught was like, I'm I'm leaving. I'm closing. And I was like, oh, well, I 
can I take it over? <laughs> wow. And and so I made the decision like within like two weeks and then was en route taking over the lease and remodeled and opened. Um, it's called Imbue, Imbue Yoga. Mm, I see what you did there. Yep. <laughs> yes. And uh, so that was 2016 and I ran it for three years and it sort of made negative money. <laughs> that's how it happens. Yeah. I understand that that's, being a small business owner can be difficult. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, I... Uh, yeah, I had I had hopes, but it was a very small, intimate space, and it was wonderful. And I actually got divorced right at that time, so it gave me a very positive focus and um, a great community to sink into. So that's what brought me here, and and also, you know, I love. I, all the things that are closed now. Exactly. Uh, going to shows and restaurants yeah. and, you know, all of all of the beautiful things living in an urban zone can offer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Minnesota's got, and Minneapolis-St. Paul's got some of the best of them. I know you live very close to the studio here. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about how you arrived at this record, and I want to talk a lot more about uh, Me Too Minneapolis. Yes. Not only the movement, but specifically the show that's coming up next week. But before we do any of that, I feel like now might be an excellent time for us to hear a song off of what is an album that is so good that, and by the way, City Pages is by no means the only source that's raved about this record, but it has gotten you Songwriter of 2020. <laughs> um, so this first one is called It's a Competition. It is on the new release, The World is Your Lover. Tell me about the song before we hear it. Well, it's perfect because what you said for this podcast, what you said about Carl Sagan, um, nature, the last line, nature doesn't care about you and me, but forgive us our sins and move on. So it's just like nature is just going to keep pummeling us and but we just have to try and get along (laughs) that seems like a big ask a big big ask let's hear some music from mary boo it's a competition it's on the brian oak show it's a competition how bad i feel compared to
Sean Bernard your thoughts? Oh, slayed me. Absolutely slayed me. Thank you. I, oh, I'll I, be listening to that one on repeat the rest of the yeah! day. So good. I wasn't listening. I, I wasn't expecting it because I've given it a once through and I had it on in the background while I was doing like five other things because that's how life is these <laughs> totally. days. Um, but I wanted to at least like, give it a perusing. And I guess I had forgotten that when that wall of guitar comes sweeping in, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> who, who plays with you on that song? Um, Jeremy Ovisacker on guitar mm-hmm. and uh, Richard Medic on the drums. Yep. Steve Price on bass. Oh, I used to live upstairs from Steve Price back oh, in the late stop. 80s. We were in one of those fourplexes, like on 32nd and Grand or something. Oh, my God. He's, yeah. He produced the whole album. Did he? Yes. Man. Yeah. He's just one of those nice guys who just always has that kind of smirk on his face. I know. Uh-huh. Adorable. Yeah, he is. And, and Jeremy <laughs> Ivelsacker, I... I, I I I don't know what he when does he have free time or when does he sleep because I feel like he, I, I feel like he's in every band in the Twin Cities. <laughs> he's very prolific. I, very very prolific. Well, I'm glad that he's with and, you. And Adam Levy. Yeah, Adam Levy. Yeah. He sings on that, and then some of his guitars are on there too. Wow. So it's, it is fantastic. a wall of guitars. Did you? I mean, it does. It comes roaring. In. It's excellent. What um are there other collaborations on the album? Yes. Um. So Alan Sparhawk. Does a duet with me for a Tom Petty cover. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which one? Um, uh, 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 why can't I think of it now? I don't because we put you on the spot. Yep. That's the way that the world works. Yep. I would have to, I'd have to go all the way out of this and right. look it up. But um, it's on there. Wildflowers? We'll find no. it. No. Something else? It's a duet with Stevie Nicks. Oh. Um, Nick of Time? No, no. that's a Bonnie Raitt. Um, I love that song. It's yeah, a really that's a good, good song. song. I like all Bonnie Raitt. Um, I know what you're talking about. We'll, it's, it's we'll not find the, it later. It's not the it's not dragging my heart around, is it? No, um, but he wrote that for her instead. Right. It's... Uh... <laughs> That's okay. It's not necessary. This is so funny. We'll, we'll cut this all out. Yeah, It'll exactly. be fun. So it's great. It's great that Alan Sparhawk's on the album. What else? Um, Shannon Freed Rubin from she plays violin in Cloud Cult and Battery mm. Boy. Oh yeah. And then Julia Floberg on cello. She's oh, phenomenal cello. cellist. Yep. Um, and my one of my oldest friends, who was my first touring partner, she sings harmonies with me on one song. How long ago? Crystal Meisinger. How long ago was your first tour? Um, 2004. 2000. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So more than 15 years ago. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not trying to make you sound old. You, compared to the, the other two old crusties in the room here. Just like, look at us. You're as young and fresh as anything in a oh five block radius. It's not even close. Sad. Really. Speaking of, before we talk about what's going to be coming up a week from tonight, the Me Too Minneapolis live stream from the Hook and Ladder, uh, let's go ahead and speak to one of the old crusties. That would be Sean Bernard, because in addition to being my business partner, my friend and producer of this show, he's also a realtor for... For Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. What's up, Realtor? I get to, oh God, it's so weird. Why? It's so weird. I just didn't see myself as being a realtor someday. I had a great uncle who was a realtor. Very shiny guy. Yeah. Very shiny. <laughs> well, that's the problem is I think a lot of people think that they get the hard sell or that now, you know, or, or that because it's a huge, I've never spent anything like the kind of money I spent on a house, not that I bought a mansion, but houses are expensive. And I think people, it's like even going to buy a car. I don't know a lot about houses. I know nothing about mortgages or neighborhoods or any of that. And I think people go into it expecting to get screwed. They do. And, you know, I try to do my as much research as I possibly can, but I think I realized my real value just the other day. Yeah. I just make people laugh when they're really stressed out (laughs) because people get so stressed out about this. And it's like, you're not paying cash for this. You do actually right. have a mortgage, yeah. but just take it easy. It's just a house. And I've said that, you know, I, I know that this is emotional and it's your home, but yeah. it's a house and it's going to be okay. And let's enjoy this process. And, and I'll 
do every bit of homework I can so you don't get screwed on the sell or the buy and we'll be smart about it. But more than anything, I'm just, I'm, I have a lot of empathy and I just try to care people through it as well. I had somebody crying the other day, uh, mostly because I kept pinching her, but no, no. I, no, I, no, 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 I had somebody uh, that she you. was just crying because she was upset and overwhelmed about everything. And I was able to just talk her through it. And I'm like, I guess I'm at the stage of my life where I'm glad I didn't do real estate when I was really young because now like a lot of stuff doesn't matter anymore. Just really that I'm helping people along the way, helping them find a home, whether it's downsizing or upsizing or side sizing, if that's a thing. Um, I just really enjoy it. And and then when the warming house actually is back in business yeah. again, I will again, donate a portion of all proceeds to the warming house. I also give people a one year membership for two so they can enjoy that fantastic uh, small venue where I first uh, saw Mary. That Excellent. is awesome. Yeah, well, and they're an amazing venue and really great people. Mm-hmm. And the, the the great thing about a place like this, by the way, how do people get a hold of you real quick? Uh, you just I have a couple of tin cans and a long no, string. If no. you can't do that, just 612-859. No. <laughs> Two five nine four six one. My favorite thing is to piss him off during the commercials. Six one two six one two eight five. That's why I do it because he's like, oh god, we gotta do this. Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. That number is also text worthy. Okay, very good. If you want to get into this madness, by all means, get a hold of Sean. And you he know, won't ever shut up. Do you know? Do you know how hard you'd have to work to actually piss me off? I, 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 don't, I don't really get know. pissed off ever. It would it would take a lot more than your shenanigans over there. As I was going to say, though, a great a great thing about places like the Warming House, in addition to being a nonprofit, in addition to just helping enrich the community, so many young artists need a place to. Cut their teeth, hone their chops, get up to speed, and playing in the intimate confines of a room like that, you get to learn what you're good at, what you're not good at. You get to refine how you want to do a song. Like, this one didn't go over that well. I wonder if I did this. The little things that help turn good artists into great artists, that's the kind of place where you can learn that kind of stuff. Not everybody comes out fully formed, do they, Mary? No. Oh, well, speaking of playing out, regardless of the size of venue, you have got this new critically acclaimed album that everybody loves, including Sean and myself. Uh, You also are, you know, I mean, and you're the best songwriter of 2020, which again, I I think that's cool. I like it. And the problem is, though, I imagine for you, the way that you are warm, the way you interact with people, not being able to go out on the road and tour in support of this new record, A, the timing sucks, and I'm so sorry for that for you. I'm really sorry. I know it's frustrating, but it's got to be more than frustrating to not be able to go out, support this, but then also get that nourishment, that juju from the world out there that's waiting to hear your music and would feel better for it. It is. Yeah, I I grieve that. I do. Um, Performing, honestly, I... Love it, but it's not my favorite thing. You right. know, it's it's it's. I am a little shy of. I'm not like a super stage ham or vegan ham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are a vegan. <laughs> yep. But I, you know, um, just to play with this band is such a pleasure. It's so fun. I just feel so backed, like so supported by them, and they know what to do, and just 
like to not be able to do that with this record is a damn shame. That is a damn shame. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. As someone who's never been able to play music decently in my entire <laughs> life, my adjacency to it is going out to see shows. And so mm-hmm. to not be on the other end of that equation is also heartbreaking. Like in this time, I mean, people are listening to music. People are listening to this podcast, which again, thank you to all our mm-hmm. Patreon members and supporters and everybody out there and just regular listeners who share and amplify. Um, people need something right now. And yes, they can listen to your album speaking of what's the best place for them to go to get your album yeah so i sell it on my website marybew.com and um digitally Bandcamp. you know the links are there but in in the twin cities there it's at a bunch of record stores around here excellent yeah. best right. margins yep. are on Bandcamp, though right I and mean, yes. that's where you'd like yep. people to be okay Bandcamp camp is great perfect well mm-hmm. because look we urge people to support small businesses like busters on 28th as a sponsor mm-hmm. but every single time we have an artist in here you know if we come out on the other side of this, even though it will never look like it did before, I want there to be as many bands and musicians and glass blowers and restaurants and whatever these little things are that together make this community different from any other community. We've already lost too many of them, yes. and I want there to be as many of them as possible on the other side. So supporting artists in this time is, to me, absolutely crucial. Uh, on the on the vinyl edition of your release, The World Is Your Lover, there's a picture of you on a long and lonesome <laughs> road out somewhere that's fairly desolate. Where's that picture taken it's in taos new mexico Mm -hmm. yeah so i in 2017 i was awarded uh, an artist in residence uh grant so i lived in my own casita for three months and they didn't want us to work they didn't want us to play shows we just did our art we could sleep we could dream we could hike and just work on our craft so wow it was the best. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wish that for everyone. <laughs> I wish, well, frankly, on a very selfish level, I wish that for me right yeah, now. Absolutely. How, how, how long was it? Three months. And now Taos is legendary for being sort of a, I don't know if it's an energy juncture yes. or what it is, but I mean, so a you as someone who meditates, who does yoga, who is in touch with things internally that others maybe can't quiet their brain enough to listen to or to understand. Did you feel that while you were there? Does it feel like oh, a different yes. place? Yes, I crave it. I crave being there. It's um, so the Taos Pueblo, it's the oldest uh, still living um, Native American community in in America. It's Mm. like a thousand year old um, Taos Pueblo buildings and everything is still going there. People live there. It's phenomenal. The mountains are just mystical that. Yeah, the energy of that land, um, you can you can just feel the depth <laughs> from the Rio Grande and like hot springs and the forests and the mountains. Oh God. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're lucky that we got you back at all. Oh yeah. I just, I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, I'll be there a lot more in my life. <laughs> right. All right, Very good. Well, you're back here right now. And last week or not last week, it was earlier this week, but on the previous episode, uh, episode 91 of the Brian Oak show, we had a local pop and R and B firebrand Maida join us and she's just one of 17 female artists that are part of the me too minneapolis showcase that is happening next thursday that'll be thursday september 24th from 7 to 10 p.m it's going to be happening over at the hook and ladder theater but in reality it's already been underway for a while now me too minneapolis is well here's how it's described officially it is a minnesota women femme trans non-binary folk songwriting collective that was started last year with the following objective 
perspectives to create songs to raise Minneapolis women, femme, trans, non-binary folk voices, support sexual assault survivors, and raise funds for Planned Parenthood. Every single songwriter, all 17, including our guest today, Mary, uh, were asked to write and record an original song on the subject of hashtag Me Too without any further guidelines. Was that really how it worked? Like they just Mm -hmm. said, Me Too, go. Yes. And was that an easy thing to tackle? No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, in 2017, I released uh, an EP, The Majesty of Beasts. And on that, there's a song called Petty Misdemeanor, where I reenact in some ways my sexual assault. Mm -hmm. That happened in 2006. And I felt... um, So that was actually... (laughs) Right before the Me Too movement exploded is when I wrote it. I don't know if I like was feeling this like volcanic, you know, growth of mm-hmm. people that need to get it out. So so that came out. And um, so this project was sort of a no brainer to agree to. But then it got harder and harder as the song task arrived um, because I knew I would like go and look at my my own experience again. And um yeah, so I wrote a song called uh, How to Forgive Your Rapist. Wow. And it's not about forgiving your rapist. Good. Um, no. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's it's kind of about uh, like victim shaming and blame, victim blaming mm-hmm. and um, how to forgive ourselves, you know, because there's so much like I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. and. And, you know, they said, you know, well, you were drinking or, well, you were here and here. And, and this this shit happens mm-hmm. and it's horrible. Well, it happens all the time. It happens. It's hap- like right now. Yeah. It's happening. To oh. to, yeah. So kind of turns my stomach. Well, not kind I of. It, no, does, it, it does. does turn my stomach. It's, and it's just it's hard to think about. But I can only imagine that it's much harder to have to fucking live with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, and that's why this is a crucial event, and it's a cool deal. It's happening at the Hook and Ladder next week from 7 to 10 p.m., so we're streaming our music these days anyways, but this, you're not going to see another thing like this in 2020. It's a lot of different artists getting involved with this. So on the course of the evening, Tina Schleski, who we've all agreed is legend, <laughs> uh, is going to be doing a half-hour set, as is Maida and Sarah Morris, who's been a guest on this podcast before. They're each going to do a 30-minute set live, and the rest of the artists from this compilation, yourself included, Mary, all came together on one giganto we are the world type song <laughs> oh i don't know i didn't uh, did do you? that one. Oh, you didn't do that one <laughs> well i thought that there was didn't you go in a week, week or two ago to record we something we did okay. yes yes so we did um meet at hook and ladder and each record pre-record i yep. see each of you pre-recorded yeah. I, because the way it's listed right here i'm like 15 amazing women all did this together. And I, all I could think about was like a We Are the World kind of COVID version. You know, which, by the way, special. is brilliant. I think that we need to to arrange yes. that. But let's save that for another time. But so a lot of pre recorded elements will also be put into this particular performance. But to me, just as cool, if not cooler, is it's 25 bucks. And we'll put the link uh, on the link to the podcast as well on how you get in. But when you pay that price of admission, you are also getting a free download. Well, not a free download. You're paying for it, but the download for all the 17 tracks, including How to Forgive Your Rapist, mm-hmm. um, which have all been written by an incredible array of artists. Linnea Moan is on there, Annie Mack, who's been here on the show, Lydia Liza, who's been on the show, Ashley Still, you're on there, uh, Katie Vernon, who's also been here on the mm-hmm. show, and on the next episode, episode 93 of the podcast, we're going to be talking to Jure, who I know very little nice. about, uh, but have heard nothing but amazing things. Yes. It's an incredible array, and these 17 songs are not going to be available anywhere else, mm-hmm. so 
So you get a chance to add cool music to your collection, watch a -a one-of-a-kind performance online, but also raise awareness. And I wasn't trying to pander and I wasn't trying to virtue signal when I talked about the importance of Planned Parenthood. We all are served better to have a better understanding of our sexual health. And we are all served better when we're all treated like Americans and have liberties and rights and access Uh. to reproductive choices. To me, this is fundamental. To me, this is what it means to be a live human being and care about other live human beings. So the fact that the proceeds are helping to raise money for Planned Parenthood, I think is a huge part of it. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) How did so how did they approach you? Like so Me Too Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. I mean, was it singer songwriters who put it together? Did someone say, Let's do this thing and then reach out to different singer songwriters? Yeah, so Misha um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Subnig, I think. Okay. Um I'll take your word for it. Yeah. (laughs) So he actually he reminded me how we met, but he at Club Jaeger in oh. 2007. Well, back when it was still okay. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Isn't that ironic or oh. strange? Uh, ew. So yeah, he met me there. Uh, he heard one of my, he likes one of my songs, Gorgeous. So, um, so that has been one of his reasons for asking me. But then he heard my Petty Misdemeanor song and some things that I post on Facebook because I got really personal about what had happened to me. And different things around, you know, Trump's election Mm. and just like, why, you know, this happened to me. How can you vote for this person? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So he's like, how can we I want to do something. And he then he just started doing he started reaching out to people. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I know that if you go to Me Too Minneapolis, there is a presence um, on Facebook for a place to start. You can also find websites, but there are links everywhere. We'll make sure to put links close to this podcast as well um, on how to get more information on how to get involved, exactly who's going to be involved. Um, This is a cool event. I'm excited about this. And I think it's something that really it'd be nice if it had legs moving forward. um, If the organization stays strong, people stay committed to being Mm -hmm. part of it, both as supporters, but with all all of you performers on the inside because 17 individual artists all coming together i think it speaks not only to the movement but it also speaks to just what an amazing array of women we have making music in minnesota and it's still underrepresented even in the best of times when there's gigs all the time wildly underrepresented so it's nice to put a huge focus on it right here and be reminded that there are some kick-ass women making music in minnesota oh yeah yeah. it's the this album it's beautiful the array and the it's very eclectic and just all different genres and very strong i'm super impressed fantastic do you have so we're gonna hear another song off your record do you have other things coming up other than me too that are online or anything that you'd like to let people know about um, well, I have a hook uh, stream at the Hook and Ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, the it would have been the Minneapolis album release, so it is the Minneapolis <laughs> album release. Um, so you know it will be yeah online streaming for yep. all around the world, which is the cool thing about yeah, this that is time. Cool. Um, so that's October twenty third. Turn 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 is playing. So Adam Levy's new project. Who we've also had all three of them here on the awesome. on the show. They couldn't come in because we were all kind of in COVID fever yes. at that point, if you'll pardon that phrase. Absolutely. Um, but we had all three of them on the phone, and that record is also excellent. Oh, the, their music is fantastic. It is. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So they're supporting, and Alan Sparhawk supporting. Holy cowboy. I know. And that's coming up when? October October 23rd. What? Is the best resource for people to find you just marybew.com? Yeah, I put pretty much everything there when I think of it. <laughs> are, are you are you a, a junior webmaster? You know, I did learn basic HTML when I, when 2003, I got my first website, but 
Now WordPress is very helpful. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have a webmaster who helps me with the very complicated things, but I, you know, up- upload my shows and blogs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. Very good. Well, <laughs> let's hear let's hear another song off of the record, which you know, I mean, City Pages love all the publications <laughs> love you, but I mean, music publications and one of the cool things, I guess, that's really the silver lining in all this when we talk about the Me Too concert or your other live streams to release the album, is that it does have access to people who otherwise might not be able to be at the hook and ladder that night, and I. I know that you have to have fans around the country and in other parts of the world as well so they'll be able to take part in that with you it's great yeah cool tell me about this song all the things oh it's very it's a very melancholy number just you know a heartbreak i i tend to you know be drawn to writing very heartbreaking songs are you sad i'm sad a lot yeah you know i'm sad a lot um i also have hope but but yeah, there's I you know I'm trying to release my baggage, and <laughs> when I had the interview with Chris Riemann Schneider in the Star Tribune, he's like, "Oh, we love your baggage, Mary." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a little baggage. Well, here we are <laughs> to help Mary with their bags. This is all the things on the Brian Oak Show.
Sean, that's what a song sounds like when it's written by the best songwriter of 2020. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just exactly. heartbreaking. Guys. But it's good. I, 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 Thanks a lot, Mary. I, 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 quit to, I, I hate to keep harping on it over and over again, but I, I like it for accolades like that because, especially when you know, as Alan said in that quote, you know, he believes you, he trusts you, uh-huh. and that's what I hear when I listen to your music. I'm like, those are words that I believe. You know, I sometimes you hear a song and you don't necessarily believe it. You know, or if it's like, oh, that's a nice song, whatever. It, there's a difference between songs like that, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's nice. To, it's nice to hear that music, and it's um, I don't know, written by the best songwriter of 2020, <laughs> which I still I think is is an absolutely cool deal. So, Mary, do those songs? Do they all were they all written in a recent cycle, or do some of them are some of them a little older? You know, um, some of them are a lot older. Yeah, um, Tequila Song I wrote in 2001. Wow. And yes. And when we, you were like eight? <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Devil. I was old enough to drink tequila. Okay. Was I got I? It. Like 10? No. Well, yeah, you know. I, I was, no, I actually wasn't old enough. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way in hell you were old enough in 2001 to drink tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm 52, and I don't know that I'm old enough to drink tequila. No, right? <laughs> it's, it's a bad a idea. Spirit. <laughs> yes. So they are songs that stretch all over. So well, then what? You know, like because you put out that EP. So what makes a song? What makes you pull it up from the past, or does it just start to resonate in a way you hadn't thought of before? Or you're like, you know, let's go revisit that one. Or how does it come about? Yeah. So I had some songs that uh, didn't really fit in anything else, and they seem to fit in this collection. I uh, pitched a bunch to Steve Price, who was producing it, and I I wrote a bunch of new songs, new demos and stuff, and so we kind of sifted through a lot of songs and decided on this collection of 14. Well, congratulations on all your success. I am very sorry both for you and for your fans that we can't come and see you live, but we can catch the live stream uh, along with Turn, Turn, Turn and Alan. That's... um, that's cool. October yeah. 23rd? Yes. All right. Very good. And marybew.com is where you go to get more information. Congrats on the success. And thank you very much for braving the uh, the COVID apocalypse to come and join <laughs> us here in the Smart Start Studios. It's great to see you guys. Thank, thank you, Mary. Very, yes. very much, Mary. And we are going to call it with that. Don't forget, we'll continue to talk more about the Me Too Minneapolis live stream coming up in a week now. Uh, on the next episode, episode 93 will be coming out next week, a couple days before that particular live stream, and we'll be joined by Jure. Uh, that's going to do it for us, Sean. I'll see you. I'll see you then. Okay, well, don't get sad. I mean, we'll do this again. <laughs> well, Mary, really, I mean, that oh, last song. So, well, you know, I mean, hey, look, man. <laughs> wow. Much, much like, uh, you know, I've, I've been mentioning, it's been a long time since I've cried on the show, and I used to cry with regularity. Do you think, do you think that me stopping drinking has I don't, you know, I was thinking about that. Out? It seems like the depressant uh, seemed to have a, f- a factor. At the end of the episode, Brian would be in tears quite a bit. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I used to cry all the time. Mostly because I was pinching. Oh, him. wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, I, wonderful, well, see, actually. I'm, but yeah. I was going to say this about your song. I'm not. I'm, I'm not averse to crying, like, Me even neither. when I'm totally sober. Like, I think yeah. that life, much like, you know, when you're expressing your feelings in songwriting mm-hmm. or through art or sculpture or painting or whatever, however somebody expresses their feelings. You know, I don't mind experiencing the whole breadth of them. If I feel crying coming on, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be sobbing twenty four seven. But if I feel it coming on, that's sort of part of the human experience, yes. right? I don't bury that down, let it out, because I feel like if I spent my whole life burying that stuff down, <laughs> oh, then you turn into I don't know something bad. I had, I had a guy in his seventies uh, say to me, "Oh, you cry a lot. You must be really in touch with your feminine side." And I said, "Or um, just my human side." There we go. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yes. 
Exactly. So Brian and I Let have that in common. Out. And yeah. fathers uh, of daughters, too, oh, I think. Oh, man. Yeah. That's the other part of it. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> but we're going to make it through this one. We're going to make it through episode 92 without tears, or will we? Because I picked a song that I heard just the other day. The reason I thought about this song was it is difficult right now, and it is trying from a lot of different angles for a lot of different people. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, and I sit in a relatively decent position, you know. I'm not rich, but I have, don't have to deal with a lot of the things a lot of other people have to mm-hmm. deal. Cisgendered, middle-aged, white male. From a cultural perspective, I probably have it as easy as anybody. And then you add everything else that's on top of everything else that's going on right now. And it's hard. And for whatever reason, uh, this song came up in the mix a couple days ago. And I sat there and cried. And I thought about pulling it online. And I'm like, fuck it. And I just let it all hang out when I heard this song. And, you know, I can't imagine what Bob Marley went through. I don't even really like reggae. And I don't know why this song just broke my heart. But it did. You know, he references the immortal words of Marcus Garvey in here. And then I went and did a little digging. And it turns out Bob already knew he had cancer in his toe at this point when he wrote this particular song Uh, and less than two years later the cancer would claim his life because he just refused to go and get it taken care of and um, I don't know I just factored all that stuff into this particular song right here and it seemed like a decent way to end but there's also a lot of hope in this particular song as the title says so Mary take care Sean take care we'll be back here next time for episode 93 of the Brian Oak show here's Bob Marley with Redemption Song
Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our mind. Oh, have no fear for atomic energy. Cause none of them can stop at the time. How long shall they kill our prophets? While we stand aside and look. Yes, some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you hate to sin? These songs of freedom is all I ever had. Redemption songs, all I ever had. Redemption songs, these songs of freedom, songs of freedom. <laughs> 